for people. So we've been looking at this topic, the road to change, being transformed ourselves, God changing us and highlighting things in our life that he wants us to deal with so that we come to wholeness. And the Bible calls that sanctification or becoming Christ-like. And then last week we looked at a little bit differently that God wants to change us so we can be part of changing the world, that we are change agents ourselves, that God gives to each one of us very specifically roles and responsibilities and a mission and a task in this life to be about helping others change their world. That's general, that we're all called to the Great Commission to make disciples and and to preach the gospel. But within that context, for each one of us individually, God's got a plan and a purpose. Sometimes that's seasonal. Sometimes you could make that a, a life mission statement, but God's got something he wants you to be doing at a specific time, at a specific place with specific people. And if we get onto that roadmap for our lives, then we're fulfilling God's purposes. If we get off that roadmap, then we're meandering through life, not really fulfilling what God wants for us. Now, as I was thinking about that topic last week, I realized there's a little bit of a fork in the road that we need to take. Because it's one thing to say, do you know what God wants you to do when he wants you to do it and how he wants you to do it? That assumes that you can hear God's voice. That assumes that you know how to to hear what God wants to say to you and and understand that and appropriate that in your life. And as I mulled on this this week, I realized that in a lot of our church practice and teaching, we don't really help people understand how to connect with God. It's an assumed thing. We assume that because you're saved that, you know, all the things will link up and we'll suddenly be able to hear God's voice. But can I do a quick survey? Has anybody heard God's audible voice? A few people have. That's good. But that's a rarity, right? It's not something that happens every day. But when Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, what he meant was we live in communion with God to such a degree that there's this constant communication happening so that at any given point of our walk with God, we should know what God is saying to us. And therefore, responding to what God is saying, we can do what we're supposed to do. So when Jesus went to the pool of Siloam and there were 50 people that were sick lying around the pool, why did Jesus only go and heal one? Why didn't he, when he had the capacity, go and heal all of them? Well, my assumption is because he heard God, his father, say, heal that man. And so he responded. And that, that's the type of preciseness and acuteness we need to, to generate in our lives so that we know what God is saying. Okay? And, and it's a difficult topic. So we're going to take a little bit of fork in the road and look at hearing God's voice. So how can we really know what to change in us if we don't know what it is that God's calling us to change. We can read God's word. That's one way. But into our individual lives, God wants to speak his truth and his will and his purpose. So we need to have ears that are tuned in to God so we can respond. And how can we be agents of change if we can't discern what's God's will and direction for our lives? So does God want you to go to Africa, Shannon? 
I don't know. Does he want you to be in Mozambique? Does he want you to be in Algeria? I don't know. But God's got a plan and a vision for Shannon's life, and Shannon needs to know what it is. Because if he doesn't know what it is, he's aimless. And I'm not picking on you, mate. Sorry, don't go red. I don't think God needs you to be in Africa tomorrow, maybe the week after. So really what we need is revelation to us individually and personally, A, for our own benefit, but secondly, so that having been able to communicate with God and and do that easily, God can use us as an instrument to impart to others. So that can happen in numerous ways. And I want to explore that topic because I think it's fundamental. I want to ask you a question because we need to get this right from the beginning. Is it God's design for us to hear his voice? Is it? Is there anyone that disagrees with that? That's good. We're on the right path. Has God made that process complicated or easy? Who says complicated? (laughs) She's the truthful one. Who says easy? It has to be easy. Because to hear God's voice means that any person in any culture, in any context, can commune with God. So whether you're a pygmy in the highlands of New Guinea or you're a Rhodes Scholar with the greatest intellect in the world, you're able to hear God's voice. It has to transcend our humanity so that we can all do it. So I believe it's got to be easy. I just think we've made it complicated. Because we live in a Western culture that's very analytical and logical. We've tried to commune with God through our mind, and that's not the way. We've tried to commune with God through our intellect, and that's not the way. It's a spiritual exercise. So when Jesus said his parables, and he said, for those who have ears, listen to what the Spirit says, he wasn't looking around for the people that actually had ears on their head. He was saying this is a spiritual exercise and the only way to really commune with God is through a spiritual medium. And that's by our spirit that comes alive in Christ, that was dead in Christ, becomes alive in Christ, then being able to commune with the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Does that make sense? So it's my spirit connecting with God's spirit and those two on being on the same wavelength. That's what makes it a difficult topic because how do you explain that? How do you teach that? You can't demonstrate that in the sense of, of logically showing the steps because it's, it's in an internal process. We see the fruit of it. We see the manifestness, that word, the manifestness of it. <laughs> we see it happening, like the results of it happening, but trying to explain how it happens is something quite difficult because it's intuitive. And because it's intuitive, therefore the logical people go, does not compute, does not compute, does not compute. I want to know the process. And it's wrestling with that process being intuitive that's hard because because in some sense we've got to turn our intellect off. (gasps) Did I just say that? doesn't mean we jettison our brain. It just means the process is not pursued by logic and reason. It's pursued by intuitiveness of our heart or our spirit being in tune with God. I'm starting to ramble. I'll move on. 
So it is a topic of complexity because we can outline the ways and the methods that God speaks, okay? We can do that fairly easily. We can make a list. God can talk through a donkey, can talk through creation. He can talk through his son, can talk through his spirit, through prophets, through the word. We can make the list. The list is easy to do. And we can summarize what might stop us from hearing God's voice. Sin or busyness, or we can make a list. But any amount of teaching, me teaching or someone else teaching or reading or learning, doesn't actually get you into the process of doing it and learning the discipline and mastering it. You've actually got to do the practice. And by doing the practice, you get better at it. Okay? It's like us studying how to be the greatest golfers in the world in a classroom without picking up a golf club and hitting a ball. We could know all the theory in the world, which club to use at what distance and how to read the greens and all that sort of stuff. But until you actually pick the club up and try and hit the ball, you realize how useless you are at golf. You're a master in the classroom, but in practice, you're actually not very good at it. And I think that this is a topic that we need to pursue hard and long. And I mean that as grown-ups as adults, as church leaders, that we need to take responsibility for teaching our children how to hear the voice of God. Because if we can do that, then we set them up in life for victory. Because if they can't hear God's voice and they're discerning what to do through human wisdom and their own human understanding of hearing the world, they'll go wrong. We've got to teach people to hear the voice of God. It's fundamental. And yet I'm so sorry that in church life, we just make an, an assumption that people can. It's hard to do when you start. The further you get into it, the more familiar the voice of God becomes and you recognize God is speaking and you can respond. So we're going to do a big picture look today. And then we're going to break that down into very specifics of how to hear God's voice. What does it sound like? What does it not sound like? blah, 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 blah. But then you're going to get stretched because we're going to do the practice as well. So if you don't like inconvenient church, take a holiday for about four weeks. Because, now truthfully, if we don't actually help people do the doing, then we're failing. You know, because it is awkward and, it, and we can make mistakes. And, and sometimes in the busyness of the world, it's hard just to switch a button and hear God. But we've got to be able to do that. Otherwise, well, who are we listening to? We're listening to ourselves or the world or the devil or something, but we've got to be sure we're hearing from God. So that's why I think it's really important. This is what Acts 17, 26 to 28 says. From one man, the Lord created all humanity and every nation to live all over the earth, fixing the precise time set for each one of them and the exact places where they should live and the very purposes of their lives. God did all that so that men and women would seek him and reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live, move, and have our very being. Hearing God's voice is not a tricky game. Like God is not hiding and making it difficult for us to hear him. And I think sometimes we approach hearing God's voice like it's this complicated, tricky process that comes with great maturity. 
It doesn't. Samuel was a little boy lying on his bed and he heard God speak. He didn't have any learned wisdom. He didn't know the scriptures yet. He wasn't trained in anything, but he heard God's voice. So the prerequisite is not to have a degree in theology. In fact, quite the opposite. Did you hear that? I think quite the opposite. I think those of you who are not wired up intellectually, and I don't mean that as a judgment that you're dumb, just meaning if you're not into reason and logic and analytical things, I think you will hear God's voice much more easily than if you're a logical person. It doesn't mean you can't. I'm just saying it is harder. Now, remember, the gospel came out of a Jewish culture. And the Jewish culture was much, much more, um, what's the word, touchy-feely than our heritage, which is a Greek heritage, which is all based on knowledge. And so we're set up in the Western church actually to do this the hard way. Whereas if we went to an Asian church in Asia, they would hear God's voice much more easily because of their culture and their context. So somehow, if you're an intellectual like me, you're going to wrestle with it. Whereas with Cheryl, who doesn't care about how it works or when it works, she just knows God says it, so I believe it. I wish I was like that sometimes. I really do. Because I don't get bound up in the hows and the whys. So if you're a, let me get this right, does that mean you're a left-brainer if you're intellectual? Is that right? Yep, you're a left-brainer. Let's pray that God makes us all right-brainers for a season, and then we'll do this task a lot more easily. So God's communicated through history in all sorts of ways. Okay? In a general sense, creation is speaking. God is speaking through creation. The wrath of God has been revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. What a great verse. Someone says, I don't know anything about God. Rubbish. They do, because God has made it plain to them in creation. All you need to do is work outside, and creation is telling you, there's a God. Hello, there's a God. There's a God. There's a God. Look, there's a God. So they are without excuse. Okay? If you're a pygmy in the highlands of New Guinea who knows nothing about Christianity, you can know that there is a God. And I can guarantee you, if you search for that God, a plane will drop out of the sky with a missionary in it and God will lead. you will be led to the Lord. Like, that's the way God works. Like, if we seek him, we will find him. God's not hiding. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. So creation speaks of God's existence, right? God is speaking now. When God said, let there be light, God's voice is still saying, let there be light, let there be light, let there be light, let there be light. That's why there's light. When God says, let there be no light, it'll go dark. You understand the principle? So God is speaking to creation and creation is speaking of God. It's out there. It's happening now. So God is speaking 
And if we're listening, we can hear. But God did more than just set up creation. He set up relationship with us. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. This doesn't say a lot, but what it does tell us is that God communed with Adam and Eve and that they heard his voice and there was this intimacy that they shared together that got broken. That was how it started. That's what God wanted. He wanted this personal relationship with Adam and Eve that was, that was really beautiful. But sin broke that. And so we had this change come where there wasn't that intimacy with God anymore and God had to take other means and methods to reveal himself. So when we come to the story of Moses, God spoke to Moses not by walking in the desert with him, but through a burning bush. But God was still speaking. So God was yearning for relationship with humanity, always has and always will and has been on this pursuit. So he manifested his presence. But there's a passage in scripture where the nation of Israel was brought to the bottom of Mount Sinai and God came and spoke to a whole nation audibly. One million odd people standing at the foot of a mountain all ready to hear God speak and God spoke and every one of them heard it. And this is a critical passage of scripture because when the voice of God came, it brought fear amongst the people. And the people said to Moses, Moses, we don't want to hear God's voice. We're happy to hear your voice, but we don't want to hear God's voice. That's tragic that it got to that place. And we've got cameras that were there, haven't we, Brad? And we're going to watch what happened. That was Brad's cue. He was having a sleep up the back there. He's dreaming of North Melbourne beating Richmond today. Stand assembled today before the Lord your God to enter into a covenant which he is making with you in order that he may establish you as his people and that he may be your God. If you obey the commandments that God will give you today, then you will live and become numerous and the Lord will bless you in the land he has promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob.
desire to speak to a whole nation directly without an intermediary. But the people were so fearful that they said, no, we want Moses to speak on God's behalf to us because of the fear that was in their hearts. And yet that was like a curse because from that point in history, God had to raise up prophets and kings and judges and and other people to hear the voice when the plan was really for God to be the outright leader. He didn't need to have anyone else but God. It was so sad. And then we have things like the tabernacle and and the pillar of of fire and and the cloud by night and the temple. All those things are um, a second best to having God Himself. That was the that was the master plan to have God and humanity, nothing else. And yet man said no. God was rejected. His voice was rejected. That working, Brett? So God had to raise up prophets. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is him you shall listen to just as you desired of the Lord your God at Herob on the day of the assembly when you said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God and see this great fire anymore lest I die. And the Lord said to me, they are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you among their brothers and I'll put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I commanded them. So the rest of the Old Testament, we see this God speaking through his prophets, starting with Moses and then through Elijah and Elisha and down the line. And God had to speak through surrogates. And yet when we get to the prophet John the Baptist, John the Baptist was saying, hang on a minute, There's one that's going to come who's the greatest prophet of all. And you need to get ready to receive him because you're going to receive God himself again. It won't be the father this time. It'll be the son. And God will speak through his son. And Jesus came. God sent himself, the second person of the Trinity. And God walked amongst us in human flesh. God spoke his truth through his son, Jesus. But it doesn't finish there. Jesus then said, I've got to go back to heaven and it's better that I go back because then I can impart to you personally and internally the Holy Spirit who will be your advocate, your counsellor, your voice, the one who will speak to you. And so we see this plan that happened with Adam. It got short-circuited and God ministered to people through the Old Testament. But when we come to the New Testament, and to the gospel, and to the coming of the Holy Spirit, we get back to being able to hear God's voice personally and directly. And it's so important that we have that encounter. Because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so if our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God lives in us, then to hear Him means it's an internal process to us. So that's really just a big picture overview today of where we're going to go. That's just a starting point. What we're going to do to finish up today is start the practice of hearing God's voice. Russell, you want to come on up, mate? Russell's got some instructions for us. And I want to encourage you today to respond in faith and to trust that God is going to begin to help us go on that journey of hearing his voice. Um, and we're going to do different things on different weeks 
to help that happen. And sometimes it might be really hard. It might be hitting a stone wall. But the more we trust in God, he'll provide. Over to you, mate. Okay. I was thinking about this this week and um, I came across this scripture and I'll just share it with you quickly. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But it was to us that God reveals these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Uh, so with that in mind, um, you know, the Bible talks a lot about us encouraging one another in the faith and coming together for encouragement. Um, this morning, if we could all just get up, uh, move around a bit, um, and just get into groups of three, um, I would like to see that being groups of three with people that you're not related to uh, in any way. Um, so yeah, just someone that you're not around all the time. Um, and just spend some time in prayer as a, as a 